0: welcome to the punk rock preschool podcast with your host mr g for those about to learn we salute you hello party people thank you for joining us today on the punk rock preschool podcast where we are changing the world one classroom at a time that classroom is your classroom i'm your host jared Geller, mr g and we've got a bit of a controversial controversial episode today yes controversy as you know I don't think super highly of the status quo, nor do I think very highly of those institutions that have created the status quo and created all the problems that need fixing in education today. So today I'm going to be talking, you know, I might be getting a little hot today, I might be getting a little hot in the mic, because we're going to be talking about discipline in the preschool classroom, in the pre-K classroom, in the kindergarten classroom. And this is something I'm actually super passionate about. Not that I'm super passionate about disciplining kids, but I really think this is something that's really, really important that gets neglected or gets brushed under the rug or gets replaced with other stuff. And we'll get into that today. But the whole idea is that I think that modeling discipline is the key to students picking up self-discipline. We have to show them, we have to create create the structures. We have to be able to tell our students, here's what you need to do in order to be successful. Here are the habits that you need. Here's the skills that you need. Here's the way to conduct yourself and to keep your focus, keep your self-control, all these things that are crucial to success. I think we should be teaching them in preschool. So we need to be helping these kids gain a level of self-discipline and maturity and responsibility because they can do it. And if you want to inspire the future leaders of the world, we really do have to be aiming that high. So I'm really excited to jump into this. So let's turn up the volume because this episode is all about creating a responsible, disciplined class of kids who are still being kids. So what's the right level of discipline in a preschool class? Do we let kids be kids and do we... Uh, Just kind of be understanding that when they don't follow social rules or class directions, do we just kind of throw our hands in the air and say, oh, it's part of the job, you know, it's kids being kids, and it's not worth being upset over. Well, that's right, it's not worth being upset over, but ignoring it, that doesn't mean we have to ignore it. Ignoring it doesn't send a very good signal. It doesn't say, your kids don't think, oh, that's an easygoing teacher, that's a really nice teacher. They don't even notice. They just think, I got away with this, and I can probably get away with it again next time. It just sends a signal that that behavior is okay, or or it's okay sometimes, and... Kids are going to make those connections that if it's okay sometimes, well, why is it okay sometimes and not okay other times? It must be okay. And I know it's a tough balance to strike on being a disciplinarian schoolmaster and being, you know, you don't want to be that, but, and you do want to be the cool, fun teacher who lets the classroom just run on play. But one of our biggest jobs as as teachers is to help kids develop the habits and the skills for success. And the earlier they start building those habits, the easier it's going to be later in life as they have those supporting structures already weaved into their lives, already in place in their lives. They already have self-control, self-discipline, they already have healthy and strong habits and can focus have, you know, the ability to focus and buckle down and work hard and stick with the problem and take on challenges. The earlier they get these skills, the better the better set they're gonna be for the rest of school. So they can never have problems the rest of school and they can just enjoy learning. Because every roadblock that a student hits along the way is an opportunity for, for them to say, this is hard. And if you're not teaching in preschool, if you're just having too much fun all the time and we're not teaching resilience and grit, then there's really nothing to say, oh, well, that won't happen to them. We need to make, do our jobs to get, to get our students to make sure nothing happens to them. So how do we teach kids self-discipline? Which, you know, that's one of the biggest indicators of success in all the literature, even though I'm a little against the status quo and against what the literature tells you, I do agree that when they say teaching kids focus and self-discipline and things like that, that it's important, it really is important. Those are huge indicators of future success. So how do we teach kids self-discipline? By modeling discipline, by modeling it consistently and explaining with love and with understanding that we have these rules and procedures and expectations because they're there to help your students succeed. You're there to help your students reach their full potential. And you can help them see this. Imagine a day without a schedule. Everyone just comes in. They go to centers whenever they want. They come to the carpet and learn on the carpet when they want. They go to lunch when they feel like it. They go to the bathroom when they feel like it. They go to recess when they feel like it. They do all this stuff whenever they feel like it. How's that day going to go? You think? Do they think a lot of learning is going to happen in that day? It might be a fun day, but does that sound like the structure that's going to get them learning so much? Having these structures and having the right habits and having this discipline and having you there to guide them and to say you know, that's not what we should be doing right now, it helps them remind themselves, oh, that's not what I should be doing right now. So eventually they can put that discipline that you're modeling over and over again by being consistent, even though it feels like you might be being strict, you're actually helping your students begin to discipline themselves, which isn't a bad thing. It's actually an awesome thing where they can learn self-control and then you don't have to be that disciplinarian anymore. Even though you really aren't doing that, being a disciplinarian, you're just being consistent, which why wouldn't we want to be consistent? So model those habits. Hold your kids accountable and they start to hold themselves accountable by letting things slide. It, like I said, it doesn't really make us the fun teacher. Like it didn't make me the fun teacher when I was letting things slide because then it would just hit a boiling point where things would get so out of control that I'd end up raising my voice and then I'm not the fun teacher. And that's what you don't want it to get to. And you don't want to be yelling or be seen as mean or strict and you want kids to be kids, but at the same time, you also want them to be prepared for the world. So do both. You can model consistent discipline, help them make the right choices for themselves when, you know, they're not making great choices. It's our responsibility to help our students see that they're not making great choices. Here's the better choice so they can start making those decisions themselves. And once they do that, you're going to see great behavior. You're going to see students that are self-monitoring and they're still going to be having fun. They're still going to be playing, but... They're also going to be learning these life skills. They're going to be learning these being mature. You know, they're going to have maturity and responsibility and accountability and self control and focus and all these great things. They don't have to be separate from playing, but we do need to provide the structure. And those things are super important. And we need to be teaching them in preschool 100%. And that brings us into our mindset shift, which our mindset shift says the old mindset is I have high academic expectations but I understand that kids will be kids. Now, I'm still not 100% sure what letting kids be kids mean. I'm sure it means something different to a lot of different people, but that's the old mindset is that you want high academic expectations, but you want kids to be able to play and be kids and use their imagination and have the freedom to do kids stuff. But the new mindset is I have high expectations for my students. Not just academic expectations. I have high academic expectations. I have high behavior expectations, and to an extent, high socio-emotional expectations. Although, you know, that is limited by, you know, to a certain, to a certain extent, you know, develop actual development. But in terms of the behavior expectations, if you want your students to be reading and writing by the end of the year at you know a mid-kindergarten level, then you need to hold them to the behavior expectations of mid-kindergarteners. Or if you want them Learning, you know, when we were learning really advanced stuff with our questions today, if I wanted wanted us to really get that, like, we needed to be behaved as well as, you know, second graders, third graders. We need to be able to sit on the carpet for a lot, for, you know, pretty decent amount of time and to focus and to really engage with what we were talking about. And kids can do that, but only if you hold them, only if you have those expectations. So it's going to be really hard to get students reading and writing if, they can't sit on the carpet for just 10 minutes straight, or they can't follow multi-step directions. So the expectations have to match. If you want them to be, like I said, if you want them to be reading at a kindergarten level, hold them to kindergarten standards of behavior. You can't have kindergarten expectations or preschool expectations for academics and then have baby expectations or preschool, you know, have lower expectations than the academic expectations for behavior. They have to match up. And that's a big thing that, that I'm gonna talk about in the strategies. And let's just get into strategies right now. Strategy number one, kids can be kids and still learn responsibility and accountability. So we had so much fun in my class. Kids were kids. They were still kids. But they were also entrepreneurs and scientists and politicians and activists and artists and police officers and teachers and veterinarians and so many other things. Because we had this structure where we were learning about finding our passions, where we were finding the things that made us happy, that made us, you know, tick. And I kind of think of my classroom as almost like a reverse Montessori in that way, where it's like, you know, a lot of Montessori classrooms, at least in my experience, they ask the students what they want to learn about, and then they kind of jump from there. I kind of see it that kids are, you know, at four and five years old, they're limited in their experiences. They don't even know what they don't know. There's so many things out there that are fascinating and interesting that they just haven't seen on TV or haven't been read to in a book. So it's our job to expose them to all those things so they can find their passions and then you know, give them the tools to start going forth and learning about it on their own throughout the rest of their lives, you know? And so I kind of see it as giving kids all those opportunities and letting them self-direct their learning from there. Um, And so I really do think that they can still be kids and still be playing. But once you give them all that context, like let them imagine, once they learn about geography, like then my students all lined up a plane and they were wearing outfits from all over the world. And Somebody was in, uh, Javion was in the pilot, uh, the pilot seat, and he was telling everybody that we're traveling to Africa and we're traveling over. He was telling them about all the oceans they were traveling and seeing, all the continents they were traveling and seeing. It's like teach them these advanced things, give them the the structure around these high level topics. And you can't do that if, if the day's all play based, is basically what I'm saying here is that you do need this structure and you do need to have, or at least, you know, I'm not saying need, I shouldn't say need, but in my classroom, this is how it worked. And we learned tons of, I mean, we learned about personal responsibility and, and accountability and self-discipline. Like I ran a real tight ship because if we were learning about this advanced stuff, like I said, the behavior expectations had to match the academic expectations. So we ran a tight ship, but everybody was happy to learn, happy to you know follow the directions because we were having so much fun learning about all these new things. And then they could go forth in centers at recess time the play-based learning but now they had such a wider range of material to work with in their imagination it wasn't just they were using what they had in their brain and then imagining from there it was that they had they knew so much more now so then their imagination could also take them so much further and just another thing real quick we got to remember this whole idea of play-based learning and letting kids be kids it's a fairly recent experiment I mean we had generations for literally thousands of years that raised really equipped well-adjusted children who grew up to be the famous leaders of history. And, you know, these kids were working in the fields at four years old, you know, like Abraham Lincoln was chopping wood and, you know, chop, chopping uh, trees for his log cabin at, at 10 years old, you know, at, at probably five years old. So we kind of, we might have to rethink this whole idea that like, I mean, I see stuff where it's saying we shouldn't even, chal- we shouldn't even hold kids to any standards, no testing, nothing until seven years old. And like, I'm not one for standardized tests, but at the same time, it shouldn't be play-based learning up until seven years old. I'm sorry, but that is not doing these kids any favors. I mean, we got to take a breath and just realize that this theory isn't the be all end all. There's parts that are good, but like with any theory, there's parts that, you know, probably aren't so good. Like that kind of ignore thousands of years of history that didn't damage. These kids didn't end up damaged. They ended up being, there's plenty of examples of kids that were not sheltered, didn't have the luxury of playing for the first seven years of their lives. And, that didn't harm them because I really do think there's a huge place for personal responsibility and for self-discipline and self-control and modeling those things and teaching those things is the main component of a curriculum and a main component of helping students have the skills to be successful in their life like look at my generation millennials and you know we went through quote-unquote play-based learning pretty much and there's really nothing to suggest that my generation is that this has benefited us in any type of way I mean really it's uh if, if you if you take a good look at it it, it looks like you know I, I wish my generation would have been taught personal responsibility and, and self-control and self-accountability much much earlier in life uh because some of us never even got it throughout school it's always been kind of a sheltered existence and that's really not benefiting our students in the long run so sometimes you got to be not the bad guy but you do have to be consistent and be the disciplinarian because it's out of love it's in the long run you're helping your students really uh, build these habits into their build these habits and these mindsets and these ideas about how they you know what are good choices you're helping them you're modeling that by consistently showing them what's good what's a good choice and what's not and that way they can make those choices for themselves and start to uh take control over their own education and their own learning and that's really what we want Strategy number two, and I kind of already got into this a bit, but like I said, I'm pretty passionate about this, and I I see it often. Don't idealize this magical freedom of, you know, childhood. Uh, I see it a lot. Like, what's really more magical is their potential. Their potential is what's magical. How much they can learn, how much they can absorb when they're passionate, when when they have the structure around them, and when you believe that they can take ownership over their own education, that's exactly what they do. That's magical. I mean, yeah, their imaginations are awesome. No one's saying, though to take away their imagination or anything like that. You know, keep letting them play, keep using their imagination, but responsibility, give them responsibility because it's empowering. And, I mean, I'm just going to be up front, like, I really do see this all the time, and I, I think that a big thing is advocating for, you know, not infringing on, on this childhood innocence that, you know, it seems like people think it's, like, corrupted by, by the real world of responsibility, and responsibility is a bad thing, and so we shouldn't burden our children burden our students with responsibility at a young age like save that for another time save that for when they get older but expectations are not this like having expectations for their behavior is not some suppressive force it's not responsibility is empowering and like when it comes to taking control of your life like don't we want to give our students control over their own destinies don't we want them to be seeking out responsibility and developing a positive mindset around it not encouraging them to play to avoid it like that's a lot of the things that I see, and that's what makes me really nervous uh, most of all is that I understand that life can be tough, and responsibilities can really pile up on us as teachers, and that, you know, we look at our students, and it's like, man, I wish that I could just have that kind of carefree attitude, and I don't want to taint that in any way, but you're not tainting it. By asking them to, you know, take on responsibility, that's, that's not, you know, doing anything to that world that they have. It's just, it's helping them prepare on a challenge. Prepare for a challenging world, so they have all the tools and the skills and the passions and habits so they never feel like responsibility is a burden. You don't want them to never feel that way. So if we think, oh responsibility is a burden, you know I just I, I I look up to my kids because they they're so carefree and I don't want to ever make them you know I don't want to taint that. I don't want to mess that up. It's like, well, then all we're doing is is t- kind of telling them that responsibility is a bad thing to be avoided. That's the message that that is sending. and that's the last thing that we want to send to to our students um. And so viewing play as like a substitute for the rigor of elementary education, because that's what it is when people say that, oh, we shouldn't start basically teaching the way that that you teach in elementary school until later and later we should do play-based. You're saying the two things are separate. And I don't think they really do have to be separate. And I don't think you need to spend all day playing to have a play-based learning environment. I think you can spend half the day playing, which is what it is when you're between centers and activities and up and moving and specials and recess they do get about half the day of playtime. So, and, you know, my kids played at nap time every day. So until we stopped doing that, they had plenty of playtime. Believe me, plenty of playtime to use their imaginations. Um, I I really don't think that uh, implying that play is is different than that rigorous education, that, that the structure and asking kids to take responsibility over their own educations and do homework and things like that, like... Your imagination can still run wild. One thing doesn't have to do with another. Like, I saw incredible imaginations in my class, but we had tons of responsibility. And like I was saying before, kids need structure. They need to be pointed in the right directions because they might be interested in certain things, but your job is to expand their mind, expose them to the world, and not just expand on their limited four-year-old experiences and cater to those desires, but to show them plenty of things and let them find their passions, find new desires, and you can see why you know this is something that you know, I don't have all the answers, but I think it's worth discussing further. And that's why I'm doing this podcast, and that's why it's going to turn into a bit of a long podcast, but it's re- really worth the discussion um, to talk about how much responsibility should we be asking kids to take on at a young age? And to me, if they can handle it, which I've seen them be able to do, then we're selling them short by not asking them to take on... Uh, to learn these skills of self-control, self-discipline, and and personal responsibility and ownership over their education. It's possible. Let's And they can be encouraged and happy to do it. They want to do it because it's empowering. Like I said, this whole strategy, strategy number two is responsibility is empowering. So with that, let's move to strategy number three. So in strategy three, kids begin to control the classroom and help make the classroom run even more effectively. So I'll give an example with tattling. With at the beginning of the year, you know, you, you got your tattlers. And I mean it, sometimes it continues all throughout the year. But I would tell my kids, when you tell on someone, you get the problem solved. Whatever problem that you didn't like, you know, they were doing something you didn't like, but you also get them in trouble. And how do you think they feel when you know when somebody tells on when how do you feel when somebody tells on you? They're like, Oh, you know, I'm mad at them. So they're saying, you know, you're so you're getting them mad at you and you're getting them in trouble. And but really all you wanted was getting that problem solved. Because you, you don't want them mad at you, and you don't want to get them in trouble. So next time when you see someone, your friend doing something that's probably not a great choice, you could say, hey, friend, I don't think Mr. G is going to like that. Can you, can you please stop? I don't want you to get in trouble. Then the problem goes away. You're not being bothered by whatever they're doing. The class isn't being bothered by what they're doing. And your friend isn't in trouble. And they actually love you because you just helped them regain their focus and you helped them not get in trouble. So like, look at that difference right there is when students start to see the self-control, when they start to recognize the rules in the classroom and see when... Other students are not following those rules, or when they're not following them themselves, they correct it and they correct it for you. Um, if you listen to episode thirteen, you could, we go into a whole thing on how we use personal responsibility by giving students ownership over their crayons and their pencils and their glue sticks. So and their watercolors. So we never had any issues n- mixed watercolors. We never uh you know the the cap stayed on the glue stick because students owned them now, and if they didn't um. They didn't take care of them. If they broke a crown or they lost their glue stick, the cap of their glue stick, they had to buy another one using the money that they earned in our salary system, which we get into in episode 13, if you want to go listen to that. But this is episode 18. So let's get into strategy four, which is we'll have fun if you follow my rules. And it's really that simple is, you know, I was called upon to handle the discipline for a lot of older kids in my class because they'd act up and they would send them to me. When they would come into my class, these kids would end up being model students because I would tell them, hey, whatever problem you just had, if you're good in my class, we're gonna have a lot of fun. So, you know, you're in here because you you're acting like a pre-K student, you know. So look at my pre-K students, and you know, look at how well they're acting. You can act like that, can't you? And if you do, we'll have a lot of fun. And guess what? We always had fun. I actually had kids that would love coming to my class. That would ask to come to my class to help out because I mean, I had second grade boys coming up and giving me hugs, saying, "Oh, I love Mr. G. He, uh, I had so much fun making this, uh, painting this thing in, in in his class because we were always doing advanced stuff." And you know it would be hilarious too because like these kids would walk in, you know, fifth graders, sixth graders, second graders, third graders, from you know because they were acting out. And my 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 pre-K kids would just look at them, and just shake their heads, and just be like, you know, man, these kids can't act right, huh, Mr. G? And so the kids that are in trouble, you know, they don't want to get shown out by pre-K for not being able to behave. So we end up we having fun, and that's the biggest reward for good behavior. is you say, follow the rules. Do what I ask you to do. It's not that much. Just listen. You know, just listen to, to the directions and, and do your best. That's really all we ever asked in my class was listen to the directions and do your best. And if you need help, ask. Um, and if you do that, we're going to have so much fun. And we had so much fun in the class that you could It wasn't. You could use that as a reward. You didn't need stickers all the time or or lollipops. But just having fun in class saying, we can't do this. Can we have fun if we're acting out? Can we have fun if we're all screaming? Can we learn the stuff, the cool stuff? No. So... When you actually do have a lot of fun, you live up to that end of the bargain, you can use, you can hang that over kids' heads um, in, in a really positive way, saying like, I really want to have fun. Let's just act right. And they're all yeah, let's do it. Let's act right. But then, you know, on the flip side, strategy number five, if you don't follow the rules, if you can't do, you know, follow directions and, and be polite and, you know, do all the other things that you expect in your classroom, follow the expectations. If you can't be a part of the classroom and be a team, then I guarantee it will not be fun. All this means is logical consequences and being consistent. If you say that something is that you're going to take away a field trip or, or kids aren't going to go to recess or whatever it is, you know, if you're going to be tossing around big, you know, uh, consequences, you have to follow through on them. So don't toss around something that you are not going to follow through on because kids are going to test it. They're going to test you. And it's like, it's like the velociraptors in Jurassic Park testing the fence and they hit the fence looking for the weak spots. And if they find one, you know, that would be something where a punishment where you won't enforce, where your word is not good. Then those velociraptors, when they hit the weak spot of the fence, they're going to keep attacking that weak spot until it crumbles or until they come in and they reinforce it with some real extra heavy steel, which when that happens, all, that, that's, going to, all that's going to look like for you in your classroom is that reinforcement. It's either going to be you crumbling and breaking down and being, you know, letting the class just run, run rampant, or you're going to put that reinforcement up and it's going to be in the form of an outburst. And we've all been there. But instead of getting to that point, just establish the law of the land early and let kids know that they keep themselves, they discipline themselves, they focus on what's going on in class, they follow the expectations. Then everything's going to be great. And if they don't, then you're kind of going to have to do it for them. You're going to have to, you know, show them what good choices are if they can't make them themselves. And as harsh as that sounds, this is how you teach self-discipline by modeling discipline. So actionable next steps mindset shift letting kids be kids is fine as long as they are kids with responsibility and kids with a teacher who wants to challenge them to reach their full potential so changes that you can expect to see kids are going to be taking ownership of their learning they're going to be loving school wanting to learn more wanting to find their passions what you know they have the direction they have the purpose they have maturity responsibility they're managing their own behavior they're managing their own they're taking ownership of their own learning and they're also helping manage class behavior as well so Kids can be kids and still be empowered with responsibility and still have fun. Kids can be kids and take ownership over their education and still have fun. Kids can be kids and be challenged by their teacher and reach their full potential. And there's nothing about that that says that you can't have fun while you're doing it. Responsibility is not the death of childhood. And But if we act like it is, and we act like play and high expectations and responsibility are, are separate things, separate from one another, then that's what students are going to see as well. And... We don't want there to be a separation between fun and play and responsibility because when kids do have to finally take on responsibility when it is inevitable, they're going to see that as the death of fun and play. They're going to see that I can't have fun and play and have responsibility at the same time if that's the mindset that we're imparting on them. So that couldn't be further from the truth. And preschool is the perfect place to show kids how the two can go hand in hand for the rest of their lives, how they can have responsibility and still live a life that's just life should be lived as play. That's what Plato said, and and Socrates said, an honest man is always a child. Like, they didn't mean that you don't have any responsibility. They meant you live life with joy, where all your responsibilities are things that you love to do, which is exactly what Punk Rock Preschool does by helping kids find their passions. So major takeaways, what to do, set clear expectations and consequences, and then model them with consistency, because kids will learn self-discipline by you modeling discipline. So... Help them develop that self-control by teaching them how to control themselves, modeling that discipline, and being consistent so kids can remind themselves they have those reminders what great behavior looks like until eventually they know it themselves and they don't need any reminders because it's internalized and that's called self-discipline. How to do it? Consistency. That's the biggest thing. And teach within your style. Listen to the mindset shift. You have to match the academic and the behavior. I mean, that is something that I feel really strongly about. So whatever your academic expectations are, you have to match this with the same behavior expectations. And the good, thing about, the good thing about it is that kids can do it. So results for kids, responsibility, maturity, monitoring themselves, monitoring the class, you know, incredible growth, happy parents. And the results for you, you're going to have a smoother day because kids can, your students are taking care of themselves. And this actually opens up more time for play. And this really sets students up for success. It gives them life skills that hopefully... They get later on, but you know, some kids go through their whole lives substituting play for responsibility, and that's not going to happen in your classroom. Thank you for listening, and I hope you are one step closer to making the classroom of your dreams come true. Please follow us on social media and don't forget to subscribe to our podcast and our email list. Give us a download, leave us some ratings, comments. Please, I mean, please leave comments on this one because I know, like I said, controversial topic, and I'm sure there's people out there that disagree with a lot of the stuff I said, but I want to have a conversation with you all. So please, please let's talk about this uh like I said I don't have all the answers but you can tell I feel real strongly about this and I'm sure there's people that feel strongly the other way and can we can have a really great conversation really great discussion on this so please leave it in the comments if you uh anything that you anything that you feel about this uh, please leave it in the comments or go to punkrockpreschool.com slash 018 and you can leave it in the comments there on the blog post I really want to talk to people about this episode so like I said let's talk Um, If there's anything else that you want me to discuss on future episodes, please reach out. Let's work together because we're in this together to change the world one classroom at a time. Until next time, keep rocking.